It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickstrom with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And one of us went to an NBA Finals game. Indeed. Indeed, yes. Uh, my check it off the list. Uh, I've, I've seen an NBA Finals game now. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the outcome I was hoping or, or you know, whatever, or even the venue I expected it to be at. But, you know, it was here and I had to do it. And it was it was definitely worth it. In your head, were you thinking Staples? Uh, probably. You know, I mean, I never really had a formal plan, like, I'm going to go with this team. But, you know, yeah, you, you think, you know, Lakers and or Clippers, obviously, now that they're good. Um, you know, I mean, the Suns have not been good. Obviously, back, you know, a, a decade or so ago, I would have loved to go see a Spurs finals game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, didn't have the, the financial wherewithal or the, the job, you know, flexibility to do so back then when they were in their heyday. Um, so, yeah, here we are. You know, I didn't. Uh, it's one of those things like I remember a few years back, the Diamondbacks were, were in the playoffs. I think it was 2017. They were a wild card. And I remember thinking, well, if they, you know, if they get to the World Series, you know, they, I would go. I didn't want them to. But, uh, you know, and, and this was the same mentality. Once they beat the Lakers, you know, I'm not a Suns fan. You know that. But I thought, well, you know, if they're if they're going to go on and make it, hey, I'm going to take advantage. I don't have to get a hotel or an airplane ticket or a rental car or anything like that. So if the ticket's a little expensive, and it was, uh, you know, you think about all the other things you're not spending on, it's worth it, I suppose. Yeah. And the, you know, I know it's not people rooting the way you wanted them to be no. rooting, but the atmosphere seemed it was cool. very lively. It was, it was, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, now I, I will say, you know, some of the individual fans around me, as I texted you during the game, you know, you just tell them that, you tell there's people who just don't know basketball that well. You tell there's people in that arena who it's probably the, you know, one of the first games they've gone to because you know they think every time the guy gets the ball outside the arc that he's going to shoot a three. Um, which, granted, there is a lot of three-point shooting now in games, but, you know, it's not every single touch uh, at the three-point line. Uh, but, yeah, it was definitely lively. It was, uh, you know, it was uh, a, a cool atmosphere. I mean, I you know, the pregame buildup and buzz was, was cool, definitely. Yeah. It, it certainly seemed electric in there. I guess one of the things is when you have two teams that are 25-plus years removed from their last finals appearance. Right you get a lot of pent-up excitement. You do, you do. And, and, you know, you and I have discussed it many times and, and we'll discuss it many more probably over the next decades. But, you know, Phoenix is Phoenix is a bandwagon sports town, and that's bad in some ways, but, but good, I guess, for a situation like this. Like, everybody gets whipped up into a frenzy. Um, and the Suns do, I, I guess, have an appeal here that no other pro team can match. They're the longest tenure team by far um you know they're an original phoenix team they're not relocated like the cardinals or relocated like the coyotes uh you know there is a feel of like this is this is phoenix's team well and they've never changed their name the way the cardinals and the coyotes did to be arizona instead of phoenix exactly and they've and they've never although you know we did talk about this in text they're kind of altering their colors they've never really changed their look like the diamondbacks have Mm-hmm. And the Diamondbacks kind of thumbed their nose at the history that they had, which wasn't long, but was successful. 
when, you know, Ken Kendrick took over and they changed colors and they changed uniforms and they've done, you know, and it, it leaves a feeling, a little bit of a hollow feeling. And I think, you know, yeah, the Suns have had a lot of different uniforms, as every NBA team has, basically. But, you know, there's still that same purple and orange color scheme that makes people, you know, feel like the old days. You go to the arena and you see the, you know, the stuff on the walls about Jerry Colangelo and Tom Chambers and Connie Hawkins and Dick Van Arsdale. And, you know, there there is a, uh, a feeling of history with the Suns that can't be matched by any other team in town just because of the time. And, and so I, I guess there is a little bit more of a romantic notion to the Suns here than, than the other three pro teams. Yeah. And, so, you yeah. know, there are, like with every team, there are people who you're just happy for because they aren't the bandwagon jumper. Like, sure, they, they sure. went through the, you know, doldrums. Um, of the last decade. Yeah. Yeah. You know, missing the playoffs and the and the post-Barkley era in the late 90s. And, and, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, the Suns have not, I mean, uh, 10 years not making the playoffs. And, and uh, you know, it's it's been some lean times, and it's a very quick ascension. Usually, to, you know, this is not following the traditional pattern in the NBA of, you know, you get in the playoffs and you get your heart broken in the second round, and then you maybe make the conference final. The Bucks have kind of followed that pattern more. You know, yeah. they got the number one seed, and then they got beat. And they got the number one seed again, and they got beat. Now they're in the finals. And, you know, like they, they feel like they've followed the conventional route. The Suns have, have uh, gone from, you know, missing the playoffs 10 years in a row to now in the finals, which is pretty rare. Yeah. Uh, got some breaks to get here. I don't think that could be ignored. But, you know, they're here, and, and good for them. Yeah. Well, and, you, you know, it was a well-timed move to go get Chris Paul and I know that that was as much Chris Paul as anything you know the story that they said about how you know Paul had to be Paul had to coax them into saying they were ready Um, you know that story is just going to get more and more in the the lore of the franchise because they made the finals now yeah 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 I mean you know and and yeah it was a uh it was an aggressive move. Now I, you know, I read somebody, I can't even remember who it was. Somebody, you know, said, well, this is, you know, this team's the antithesis of the Sixers process. Like they they went 10 years without making the playoffs and they traded away a lot of, you know, decent players and first round picks and the like. So let's be careful of like saying, Oh, the Suns are the model we should follow. Like, you know, they landed on Devin Booker. who's a very good player. They made an aggressive trade to grid did Chris Paul and, and, you know, they drafted Aiden. Time will tell on whether that was the right move. He looks good, but is he as good as Luka Doncic or Trey Young from the same draft? I don't know. I don't think, I don't think anybody would really say that right now. Well, and um, I, th- I think the other thing is the bridges trade. Yeah, yes. it was a good trade. Yep. Yep. You know, I mean, they've made good moves of late. Uh, and, and, you know, certainly they got some veteran, you know, campaign was, uh, you know, kind of a, a no-name guy who's been a good backup for him. Uh, you know, Cam Johnson was a draft pick that they got lampooned over, but he's turned into a pretty decent player, uh, you know. So, I mean, they, they've made good moves lately. I think, you know, it's very easy to be revisionist history and be like, well, they're an aggressive team all about winning. Like, well, it, maybe in the last 18 months. Yeah. But there's a reason they went 10 years without making the playoffs, and it's because of mismanagement. 
on many fronts and why yeah. they've gone through a number of coaches and GMs to get to this point. Including guys who wound up finding a lot of success in the West at Golden State. Right, right, right exactly, yes. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, I mean, it, you know, hey, it was it was cool to be there. It was cool to, you know, walk around and see the, the you know, NBA TV set. And Isaiah Thomas is on the set. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, you're seeing an all-time great here you know, with my own two eyes. And, uh, you know, he, he played in the very first NBA game I attended back when I was three or four years old. My dad and and mom took me to see the Pistons and the Suns at the old Coliseum. So, you know, a little circle of life moment, I suppose. Um, and, and uh, yeah, it was it was a cool experience. I'm hoping the Bucks come back and win the series. Um, they're going to have to make some adjustments, hopefully starting tonight, to do so. Uh, but, you know, definitely a fun experience to go. I would recommend it. I don't know if you're considering going to game three or four, but if so, I'd say do it. Well, my parents are in town this weekend, so it would have okay. to be. It, it probably wouldn't be able to happen until Game Four, but Game Four, yeah. But we'll Which see. Is what Wednesday, yeah. Tuesday, something like that. Wednesday, yeah. It's stretching it out, I know. Um. So the the other big basketball news in the Valley uh, is the return of Marcus Bagley, who announced he was pulling out of the draft. And then took it a step further and announced he was coming all the way back to ASU. Yeah, which surprising. I was gonna say he was in the transfer portal, and I think everyone expected him to go. He, you know, his initial mm-hmm. thing was, "I'm doing this to keep my options open," but yeah. that's what Remy Martin said, and he's playing at Kansas <laughs> next year. So. Right, right. Which we're gonna talk about him at more length, but uh, you know, what's interesting is when I saw Bagley withdrew from the draft yesterday afternoon. And I read, you know, he's, he's remaining in the transfer portal. And I even thought, boy, when we talk tomorrow, I think, you know, it's kind of like the last eulogy on the disaster that was the, you know, 20-21 season. Because I'm thinking, man, you know, Josh Christopher really didn't have anywhere near the impact you hoped. Bagley didn't have the impact. You thought he was gone. You know, Martin's gone. Bird's gone. I see he's going to Nebraska. You know, and you just was like, man, this, what a disastrous season. And it still was a disastrous season. But when I read that, I thought, well, okay, you know, I, I, that, that's, there's a little flicker of a flame that, uh, you know, maybe something good will come from that if he comes back and, and plays the way he showed he could. Got to stay healthy. Got to, you know, mix into the team and all that. But, uh, you know, he showed promise. I think, you know, both of us liked what he could do and, I'm excited to see him for hopefully, you know, 30-plus games this time around. Yeah, if, if he can stay healthy, he's probably the most important player on the team immediately. Um, yeah, yeah, given his yeah. talent and experience here. I mean, because, you, you know, Boyaki's a five-star guy, but, right. you know. But new. But, he, you know, yeah, newcomer. he hasn't played in college before. Right, and a, and, a, and a young big always feels like a bit of a project, unless you're getting an Anthony Davis type, which I don't think this kid is supposed to be at that level. Uh, you know, it always feels like it might might take him a bit to settle in. I don't think we should expect, you know, Tim Duncan 1997 production from him. So, yeah, he's good. You know, and Kamani Lawrence obviously has tons of experience, mm-hmm. but he's not as good as Bagley. Bagley kind of feels like, you know, the, the hybrid. He's really good. And he's got a little bit of experience here. And then you start putting the other pieces around. And there's a lot of unknowns still. But, 
you know, getting him back does give just a flicker of hope that maybe maybe this season, if all the other things come together, a lot of ifs, it can be good. But yeah, we'll see. I, the, you can tell my hesitancy in saying that. Well, the scary part is we don't have a single uh, guard who right. played minutes last who, year who's back on the team. For us. Right, you right. know, I mean, we've got three. All, I don't think, right? We've got three transfer guards and Luther right. Muhammad. Right, right. I guess he was here. That's true. Yeah, I was thinking we don't have anybody who was even on the team, but he was with the team. Um, did play because he was injured last year, I guess, or chose to have chose to have surgery and rather than you know battling it out or anything. Uh, and I don't say that negatively. That probably sounded condescending. Like you know, he might have he might have been able to play, but he was injured. He had surgery, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so yeah, it's it's going to be. I mean, there's still a ton of unknown. You're still bringing in a lot of new faces and trying to fit them all together. But at least you have, and I know I saw Hurley said this in the Howler story that you know. He thinks the team is ahead of where they were last year, and they should be, because you know you're able to practice, you're able to meet, you're you're not you know you're not meeting over Zoom. Uh, they're in you know they're in there right now, and that's that can't hurt, I suppose. Yeah, and you would hope that the new coaching staff will ha- be able to take advantage of this time and have the team gel and the coaching right. staff gel. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's true. It's a completely rebuilt assistant coaching staff under Hurley. Um, you know, but at, at one point, a month or two or so, I don't know when Kamani Lawrence announced, you know, at one point it looked like we were going to have one returner, and that was Jalen Graham. And that didn't feel tremendously optimistic given the other bigs we had. Now we <laughs> have three. So it was like, okay, uh, you know, like, uh, it gives you a little, little bit of continuity in a year where there's not a ton but enough to feel like there's something there. You're not totally rebuilding. Yeah, well, and and Graham coming back is good, and you hope he can improve, but, you know, Boyaki's first statement about coming to ASU was, well, their bigs were not good, and I think I'll be able to help that. So if the one returner had been one of the bigs. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, I mean, it's... uh... Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's still going to look a lot different, uh, and, it, and it needs to. You know, I don't think that's a bad thing that it's going to look different. But, you know, yeah, hey, this, this kid was viewed as a borderline first-round, probably second-round prospect. Um, so he's, he's obviously talented. We saw early in the year, you know, I go back to that season opener we played against Rhode Island. He looked more impactful than Christopher. Um, and, and then, you know things just were such a struggle that it was hard to judge really anybody but you know he's a good shooter uh he's got some size you can play him inside or out uh, you know I, did we just get you know the second coming of lebron james no but you know he's a good player and and uh, you know it's just a nice thing to have some positive news at asu yeah. we haven't had a lot you know i mean in a cross sport obviously we've talked about the football you know, baseball, you know, announces their coaching staff and then the pitching coach interviews at LSU and they, they both, you know, they, they move on from him. Like it just, it's been a rough month for ASU sports. So it was good to just have some positive news. Yeah. And look, there's, there's a lot of reasons to talk yourself into this team. They've got a bunch of really talented guys from other schools. Right. You know, the, the concern, the heartache is because of 
having last season where sure. it's like, well, we have all these talented guys who've never played together before, and, oh, they don't know how to play together. And it didn't fit. It did not. Now, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll hang on to this hope for as long as it's realistic that the, you know, two things about last year that probably screwed up things royally that won't be as much of a problem this year is, one, you know, you're not having a shortened or no offseason with no practice, no meetings, all that. You're having a regular buildup. And two, you were trying to blend guys who were significant players already here, knew their roles, knew what they were expected to do with these touted incoming guys who expected to be, you know, ball dominant. And, and it just wasn't a mesh. Um, and you don't have that this year. You're not, there's no Remy Martin coming back this year. It's like, okay, this is our starter. He's our star. Well, now how does he mix with Josh Christopher? You don't, you don't have that. Um, Will it result in a better year? I have no idea. But it, it is a different way of doing it than what happened last year. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about Remy Martin. We texted about this. Yeah. Uh, so he withdrew from the draft as well. He's going to be playing at Kansas, which is fitting because it is where he had his best game at ASU. It really is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, his, his career highlights, uh, you know, the top five, certainly probably two of them are the, are the two Kansas wins. Um, and it was his breakout performance as a true freshman a long time ago now. feels like, you know, eons ago when, when that game was played. Uh, you know, it's rare, obviously, if he's going to be a five-year, you know, college player uh, and, a, and a significant player all five years. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say my thought first and then you can give yours. I think you're more definitive on where you stand. I don't know where I stand, and I think I'll, I'll probably won't know for sure until the season gets going and, and see how it unfolds. Logically, I totally get his decision, 100%. If you have a chance to play one year with one of the, the top you know, echelon programs in college basketball and maybe go to a Final Four, win a national title, I, you know, I can't blame you. Emotionally, I'm not quite sure if I'm going to be rooting for him or not. Yeah, I, I, you know, I have two different, you know, views on this. I completely agree with you that if I was him and I still harbor NBA aspirations and I want the yeah. opportunity to, you know, showcase my stuff on ESPN or CBS mm -hmm. most of my games, mm -hmm. this is a no-brainer. And Bill Self sent a lot of guys to the NBA. Yes. Uh, some of which had already earned money in college before the NIL, apparently, which is nice for them. Yeah, certainly seems uh, that way, yes, yes. But, uh, you know, I guess my take on this is I understand exactly where he's coming from. I'm rooting against him at Kansas. Yeah. Because if he was good, I wanted him to stay. Right. Uh, so I will be treating it the same way when Favre left the Packers. Uh, yeah. You're not my yeah. guy anymore, so I'm rooting against you. Now, look, when his college career is over, yeah. uh, you know, would I welcome him back into the fold? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he graduated yeah. from ASU. He played for four years. Sure. But I, I certainly am not, uh, not crazy about his decision as an ASU fan, or and yeah. you know, and therefore... Okay, 
good good luck, but goodbye, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I see where you're coming from, and I may very well end up landing in the same place. It's it's really one of those that, like, if I, if I you know, fast forward in time to early March 2022, and let's say Kansas is a, you know, top 10 team in the country, as they probably should be, and he's a starter for them, you know, will I be thinking, you know, man, it'd be great for the kid. He, he gave ASU four years, and if he could win a national title, awesome. Or will I be thinking exactly what you're thinking, which is, man, this success, he, you know, why couldn't he have had this success here? Maybe not team-wise, but, you know, a little bit more consistent individual success. Um, I mean, and, last year he was a preseason All-American. And, yeah, and, it, and he was not a postseason All-American. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know. There's times where guys leave and I immediately think like, nope, I'm out on you. Uh, I, I think I saw you had retweeted our old, our old buddy, Sam Cunless was on mm-hmm. like his 18th different college and he's staying in the he's draft, staying in the draft, which is laughable that he thinks he's going to get drafted, but you know, good for him. Uh, that was one that maybe not immediately, but as soon as he chose, cause he chose Kansas, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, away from here. First stop, first of many. Um, and he said he left ASU because he was homesick he's from Washington and he chose Kansas. I'm like, well, okay, I'm not buying that. So I immediately pretty quickly decided, nah, I'm out on you. Um, there's other guys who leave that you feel like, you know what, there's better opportunity for you. It's not working here. You know, a guy who maybe is chained to the bench, he's in the doghouse. It's happened in football probably more where a guy leaves. And you're like, you know what, I get it. Coaching change. Something along those lines, like good, you know, I, I don't, I don't blame you, and I'll root for you to have success. This is this your Brady in White middle. in the world. Yes, yes, yeah, great. You know, he got injured, and then he kind of got boxed out by Manny Wilkins, and then there was a coaching change, and and, and you his know, coach sure. was available. Right, right, yeah. made perfect sense, and he went and had success, and I rooted for him. I remember when they. You know, when they were in the AAC title game, and I was I was happy that they won, and he got to go to a, you know, CFP, or not CFP, a New Year's Six game. Uh, you know, good for him. This one, I, I don't know, it's somewhere in between. Um, I wish I knew, and, and we won't know probably, I wish I knew a little bit more how true the story is that he was 100% set on going to the draft, and then realized maybe, hey, I better keep my options open, and... ASU said or Hurley said, you know, well, we've kind of moved on without you, so you should go somewhere else. If that is true, I'm more inclined to root for him. Because if he if he said, hey, I want to come back to ASU, and Hurley said, man, we've got these other guys that love you, but there's just not a spot for you, well, then I don't blame him at all. It's like, okay, there's an opportunity to go somewhere else, do it. Well, I'm my, not sure I can buy that narrative. Yeah, it seems I, too perfect to be true. I mean, the way that it sounds to me is, you know, from reading the article, Hurley went to them and said, are you sure you're leaving because I'm going to recruit over you? I'm going to move on. Yeah. And then his dad said, yeah, he's for sure leaving. Yeah. So he recruited to fill that gap. And and to his credit, did exactly what we said he needed to do and got active in the transfer portal you know, landed a big-time recruit, it looks like, kept yeah. a couple guys, but really, you know, made an impact. Yeah. And, yeah. and now, the you know, then it comes out, it's like, well, now I'm rethinking this. Oh, by yeah. the way, I have an opportunity to go to Kansas. 
Okay. Right, right. I mean, and I think that's the thing is when it when you end up at Kansas, which again is unquestionably a better college basketball program than ASU. I'm not under any illusions that's not the case. But when you end up at Kansas, it almost feels like you have you've traded up. You have, you know, and so it's it's not a feeling of like, man, I really wanted to come back to ASU, but there wasn't a spot for me, so I went to Grand know, Canyon. Yeah, or or I mean, think of another Power Five, not Kansas. Uh, Vanderbilt. I ended up at I ended up at Illinois or something. You know, like okay, that's a good, you know. And if you had success, by all means, I'm happy for you. But when you end up in Kansas or Kentucky or Duke or you know someplace like that, you feel like, well, did you kind of have this in mind the whole time? And if you did, I again, I can't fault you, but it does make it hard to root for you. Now, I'll say this as we're talking about it. As you said this, you know, this could be total rationalization, but what have we discussed so much? Needing to turn the page from last year. Needing to rebuild. If Remy Martin comes back, isn't that harder to do? Doesn't it feel like we're just carrying on with the same thing? He's still the face of the team. He's still the personality. You know, so maybe it's for the best for us, not just for him. And that may well turn out to be the case. I just, it doesn't make me want to root for him anymore. I got you. I got you. I mean, I, and again, I didn't even think about till till you were talking just now about, you know, how this all transpired. And I'm thinking, well, you know, how we've got all these transfers and new guys. And I'm thinking that's what we needed. And if Remy Martin, it's different with Bagley. Bagley was only here one year. Kamani Lawrence has been a supporting character. Remy Martin has been the face of the program for three years. And this last year was a real disappointment, and he was part of it. And he, he bears some blame for that. Not all of it, but some. He was very inconsistent. He had some no-show efforts. Um, and if he comes back, doesn't it feel like maybe you're still just kind of spinning your wheels like just another year where it's going to be the Remy Martin show? And is he really good enough to carry the day? I don't think so. Um, he's good, but he's not, you know, Derrick Rose or somebody along those levels who's, you know, just a dominant player can't be stopped uh so i don't know i, I think may and I, that could be total fan rationalization too i realize that but maybe it's for the best yeah I, and, and now, it could be for the best i'm not saying it isn't yeah i just it doesn't matter you know it was I, probably I, for the best that Vontez perfect turned pro after his junior year it, oh, it certainly you know was. but yes yes, yes. yeah yeah I mean, I, I hear you, and I'm not, I'm not at all, let's say this, I'm not at all trying to persuade you out of your thought because very possibly as next season unfolds, I'll be right there with you. I may turn on a Kansas game in January on Big Monday and think, yeah, I, I don't want to see you have great success. Sorry. You know, nothing, nothing personal. I'm just not rooting for you. And I think that's where you stand. I mean, I don't think you're yeah, you know, no, building I, a voodoo doll of the kid and wishing him injured. But, you know, just like, no, no not, not behind him. And I get it. I if Kansas, look, if Kansas has a pedestrian year and, you know, is a bubble team. Yeah. Or, you know, they're, you know, at, on the edges of the top 25, they get bounced on the first weekend. Right. Okay. I you yeah. know, But what I don't yeah. want is for him to be an All-American uh, most outstanding player, at the yeah, final player sports, of the I'm year, yeah. Naismith <laughs> yeah, winner. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, I don't want any of yeah. that. I, I, I want this guy to yeah. have had his best collegiate time. Yeah, pass. I do. 
Yeah. And then, no, and then I'd like him to have a great pro career here or overseas. Sure, you know? sure. I'll tell you what would not surprise me, and I don't know Kansas's roster overall, but what wouldn't surprise me is he's an openings day starter, and by February he's not playing much. Because I'm not really sure he's Kansas good. I, I'm not sure. I think he's a good ball player. But it wouldn't shock me if, as time goes on, they realize, like, mm, yeah, you were good in the Pac-12 when you weren't, when the microscope wasn't on you night in and night out, and you put up some 30-point games, but when you had four points, you know, nobody really noticed outside of Tempe. And that's going to be different And barely in, in Tempe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's different in Kansas, and I just, I'm not sure he's, he's that good. I don't know. I don't know their depth, but I imagine they've got other good guards because it's Kansas. They always have good players. They're not, you know, they're not ever scraping the bottom of the barrel for talent. So, you know, could I see that Kansas is in the final four and Remy Martin is wearing the warmups for 40 minutes and not getting in the game? I, I could, I could definitely see that scenario being possible. Yeah. I guess for me, my thought process is, you know, Maybe he'll get put into a role where he can thrive as the sixth man. Yeah. You know, yeah. Where he's in. That's a pl- the key. That's the key. What? It, where does he fit with them? Because they're gonna have more talent than ASU had. So is he a sixth man? Like you said, hey, that could be a good role for him. You know, uh, an energy guy. Be- cha- you know, he changes the pace of the defense. He'll pick sure. up the guard full court for you for ten minutes. Yeah. And- yeah. An instant offense. Put him in. He, you know, he can get, you know, eight points in, in three minutes. Uh, that role, I could see him being successful. But if he's playing 35 minutes a night for them and dominating the ball, I don't know that he's that good. I, I think that's going to take away from other guys who are really good at Kansas. They've got talent. It's, it's like I said, it's not ASU. He will not be, I don't believe, the best player on the team. And so how does he adjust to that? Because he's been the best player on the team, or at least the guy with the ball in his hands the most, his last three years, basically. Yeah. So I don't know. I, we'll see. Uh... We'll see. I mean, I don't, I don't see him having an NBA career, unless he has, I mean, I guess if he has a great year, maybe, he, you know, he catches some eyes and, and gets a second-round spot or something like that. Uh, you know, I, I think my feeling is that, you know, he was all in on going to the draft until he went in the draft and the feedback was, you're probably not even a top 100 prospect in this draft. And there's only 60 guys who get drafted. So you might want to keep that option alive one more college season. Well, and part of the problem is, you know, he's not going to get any taller. No, he's not. No. And he's not getting any younger. I mean, that's the thing. NBA teams look for, especially in the second round, they look for a project. They look for a guy they can stash in the G League or in Europe and, and, you know, not have to pay them their full salary. And maybe they're 18, 19 years old. And in a couple of years, they might be some. Remy Martin's going to go into the draft at probably 23, 24, depending on how old he is now. Um, so he's, he's not, I mean, that's not old. But in NBA draft eyes, it is old. Yeah. I mean, that, that's part of the, the thing that made Zylan Cheatham's success so impressive in his one year at ASU is at his age he's still got a two-way contract which is surprising yeah I mean there's there's a few 
but it's hard. I mean, you know, the second round, I'm an NBA draft, you know, nerd. I watch it to the finish every year. And the second round is excruciating because they're taking a lot of guys from Europe who you don't even know who they are, how to pronounce their name. Um, And you might see one or two of them ever play in the NBA. For every one, you know, Manu Ginobili, uh, there's, you know, 50 who, you know, you hear their name on draft night, you never hear from them again. Yeah. I, you know, I guess something in the context of the NIL that I'll be curious about, he's a, he's a good test case for this, right? Because, sure. well, what if he, you know, what if he had stayed? Would he have made more money as the star at ASU or as the meh, Sixth man, uh, but I can't. Yeah, just a face in the crowd among a talented basketball team there, you I know, think, yeah. Because yeah. he could have gotten the Santan Auto or yeah. the, no. you know, that Chompies or that Dave's Doghouse deal. But yeah, you're right. a one-year no, guy a, at Kansas who's not the guy? I, does, I, it, you know, does it resonate? I agree. That's a, that's a good point, yeah. Like, he's he not getting the a, Kayvon Thibodeau NFT, I'll no, tell you that. No, <laughs> no, he's not. Yeah, I mean, here he could have been the big fish in the little pond. And at Kansas, he's going to be a fish in a big pond. And mm-hmm. when we say, you know, obviously not city size, but but athletic department <laughs> and, and basketball program. Well, and eyes on you. you yes, know. yes. I mean, Kansas is, is like playing for the, the L.A. Lakers. You know, you're, you're going to get noticed. You're going to have attention but there's other stars. There's others, you know, and at ASU is maybe more like playing for the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah. You know, you're, you know, you can be the man. You're not going to be bigger than the guy with the Lakers, but you can be the man. And, uh, you know, um, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, obviously we won't know because, you know, you, you can't alternate universe where he stayed and came back here. But, yeah, I mean, you know. That said, he still does have marketability, you think. He's got a unique look. He's got a unique name. Um, you know, he, you know he, he could have some market there in Kansas, potentially. I, again, I'll say this. I think he should strike now. Don't wait till January. Because if you're riding the pine, that marketability might go downward. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, we'll see. I mean, it, it was a fascinating last 48 hours of name after name after name withdrawing from the draft. And I, I texted you about that last night and it was just, it was interesting and I don't, there's probably multiple reasons for it, but it just felt like, you know, a lot of, a lot of somewhat big names. I mean, I'm not saying top five picks, but somewhat big names in college are deciding to come back to college. And I, you know, I don't know exactly the reason for it, but it should make the college basketball season pretty fun. I mean, there's there's some actual returning star power in a way. Yeah, and and it's going to be interesting just on the grand scheme. The number of guys who opted to come back and where they chose to come back. Juzang coming right. back to UCLA. UCLA is going to be good. UCLA is going to be really good. I think they got Cody Riley back too. I saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like they they are probably a preseason top five team. Uh, you know, and and what's going to be very fascinating now is they were the Cinderella underdog story of the tournament last year. And now the expectation is going to be really high. And Mick Cronin's a good coach, but he's never coached a team with that level of expectation. So I'm not saying he can't do it. 
just interested to see. You when know, you want to talk about was, a fan base, oh uh, yeah, that's that's gonna expect big things. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, you go to the Final Four and you bring back pretty much your entire core from that team. I believe. Uh, yeah, I mean they're gonna start out top five, top ten minimum, and the expectation is okay. Get back to the Final Four and win the championship. And and you know also very much like Phoenix, a fan base that you know expects big things but isn't really that you know loyal when it comes to showing up if you're not entertaining them. Yeah. Like if you struggle, you know there's other things in LA. You can go watch the Lakers, you can go watch the Clippers, you can go watch the Kings or the Ducks or the Dodgers or the Rams and the Chargers or you know any number of things. Like Holly doesn't get packed on a regular basis unless they're really good. Well, and here's the other thing is now if you're Mick Cronin and there are expectations, you start drifting into the Ben Howland world of, yes, you know, you got to meet them because they are going to be quick with the hook. You you didn't go to back-to-back Final Fours, but if the third year you don't win it all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you know, like I said, I think they're going to be really good, and I think Mick Cronin's a good coach, and they they may very well win the national title next year. I'm not at all predicting doom. I'm just fascinated to see because, you know, it was kind of this wonderful little Cinderella story last year of, I mean, that was what was so fascinating about that game against Gonzaga. You have, you know, small Catholic school in the West Coast Conference and mighty, you know, 11-time national champion from the Pac-12, and yet it was that team that was the Cinderella and West Coast was the number one undefeated team in the country, Uh, you know. uh, It was a flip of what you'd expect. That will not be the story about UCLA next year. Like the expectation is going to be, all right, now now we've seen what you can do, and you got all this back. So get back to that level and be a a not an eleven seed that makes the final four, but a one or two seed. Yeah. That said, they could do it. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, getting Juzang back was was big. He he was really good in the tournament, and if he continues to progress at the rate he progressed last year. Uh, you know, I mean, they could be really, really good. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm excited for Pac-12 basketball. I'm worried about Pac-12 football. Um, Just overall? In terms, yeah. And everything else doesn't really matter for big <laughs> I mean, picture for the, for the conference sports. health. But Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, we've had this conversation many times, you know, UCLA basketball, USC football, those are the crown jewel programs. And if, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm talking about it from a neutral standpoint, UCLA, but as a PAC 12 team fan, it would be huge for the conference. If UCLA is that good, if they're a top five team preseason and through the season, and they get to the final four, and I mean that—that that would be big, and not have it feel like a fluke. Like, man, how did UCLA get here? But, but rather, wow, mighty UCLA is back. Yeah. Well, I got bad news for you, Matt. We recorded this whole thing with the thing ticking in the background, so I just oh, caught well. it and turned it off. But you know okay. what? No one else is listening. So. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, my mom will have to just get over it, I guess, if she turns it on. I think I'll you should her tell her she can go ahead and skip ahead to the 40-minute uh, mark. 
Because that's yeah, when we talk yeah. about her anyway. We're glad she's here. We're glad she that's made true. it. That's true. That's true. Yes, yes. And, you know, I suppose she probably doesn't care too much about Remy Martin and Marcus Bagley. And I don't I don't think that moves the needle much for her. So No, she should listen to the part about you going to the finals game. And then she should jump ahead to Jump to ahead. All right. I'll tell her that. I'll tell her. Yes. But, uh, oh, well, what can you do? It's still audible. Yeah. I thought you were about to say it didn't record anything. No, no. This was uh, more of a minor screw-up, not our, okay. you know, not okay. the uh, couple hundred episodes ago <laughs> art piece that, that I recorded. Our, our silence. <laughs> <laughs> our 45 minutes of silence. Yeah. But uh, Our silent protest of whatever needed to be protested back at that time. I'm sure there was a lot. Retroactively There's apply it to, to any of the major things that require a protest. Exactly. There was probably a reason. I just can't keep track of what it was. <laughs> Anyway, now that we're now that we're wrapping up, uh, yes. I I just wanted to point out uh, a special shout out to Lathan Ransom who has sent yes. us our first NIL purchase, yes, uh, yes. autographed mini helmets which are arriving tomorrow. Okay, unless someone okay, steals nice. them off of my porch, okay, I will I will have them in my possession tomorrow. All right, nice. I'm anxious to see what we got, but uh, yes, yes, uh, good, good to make a South Point connection, and you know, keep a, a special rooting interest for the Buckeyes this year because of him. Absolutely. Uh, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.